Hello, I'm Clive Nash. Welcome to Let God Speak. C.S. Lewis, the 20th century atheist who became a Christian, once said, I believe in Christianity as I believe that the sun has risen, not only because I see it, but because by it I see everything else. It is like that with the Christian Bible. By it we understand the big questions of life, origins, meaning and destiny. The Bible tells that story. But today we will look at a particular part of that theme, God as our teacher on the subject of redemption and our role as his students. So have your Bible ready as we begin. Today we have David Curry and Stephen Groom. Thank Good you. to have you with us together. Nice to now let's pray before we begin our discussion. Loving Father in heaven, we thank you that we can come and learn from you. We thank you, you are the master teacher and we want to sit at your feet today as we discuss this important topic and we ask for a blessing in Jesus' name, amen. Now, David, some uh, works of, of fiction or novels or that sort of thing um, have a good ending to them, have a happy ending. Some have a, an unhappy ending. Um, but when it comes to real life, we don't know what the ending is going to be for us, do we? That's right. You know, I like to think of the late Billy Graham. He was a great Christian evangelist and a very popular speaker around the world. And he said one time, I've read the last page of the Bible. It's all going to turn out all right. Okay. <laughs> the Bible gives us the end of the story as well as the beginning, of course. Mm -hmm. As long as we're on the right side, of course. Yes, yes absolutely. Uh, well, that, that makes me, prompts me to ask, you know, is it going to be a universally happy ending? Yeah. Well, for God's people, yes. But for those who are not as people, no. And I love this text in Revelation 22. It says, and behold... This is Revelation 22:12, And behold, I'm coming quickly, and my reward is with me to give every man according to his works. Mm -hmm. So for some it's going to be no, but I trust for most of us it's going to be yes, for sure. And we must choose. God gives us the power of choice, and we must choose which ending we're going to be in. And um, I think it's going to be very important that through this life we learn of the grace of God it's one of the most important things that God wants to teach us. Well, learning is one of the things that seems to happen right throughout our lives, doesn't it? Absolutely. You know, we kind of think of learning as happening when we're in school or in university or something like that. But in fact, life itself is a great teacher for Absolutely. us. Um, I'd like to uh, have a look at a, a passage of Scripture found in 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 16. And uh, as Stephen, I, I'm looking for a comment from you on this one. 2 Timothy 3 verse 16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Uh, what can we imply from this text about learning, Stephen? Well, first of all, notice all the instruction words. I mean, doctrine means teachings. Reproof means 
reproving someone. We, we learn from reproof. Yes. <laughs> Correction and instruction in righteousness, not unrighteousness. And so um, we see that God wants to teach us, in this case, through the scriptures. And it's our benefit to listen to what he has to say because he has our best interest in hearts. He wants to instruct us on how to prepare for eternity. It's not against our... I know some people who rebel against God, that's not a good thing to do, is it? Mm-hmm. When he's got our best interest at so heart. So Paul's saying this is the, uh, this is the purpose of all scripture, uh, that it, it fulfills all these different functions. Yes. Mm. Um, let's go back to the first book of the Bible now, um, Genesis chapter 1 and uh, the book of beginnings and verse 26 and 27. And God said, let us make man in our image. And I just want to focus on this, this phrase here, our image in a moment, according to our likeness. So let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, etc. And then verse 27, it says, so God created man in his own image, in the image of God, he created him, male and female, he created them. Uh, David, uh, to, to further this divine teacher, idea. Um, I, I, what does it mean about this, this image of God that's mentioned here, this likeness to being yes. like God? I suppose we would say that this is a, a copy or a very close representation of the divine, mm-hmm. but it doesn't make us divine. We, we are not a part of divinity itself. Uh, while these two images and likeness are very, very similar, one explains the other. In some ways, we are like God without having divinity. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Stephen, have you got anything to add to that? In what ways do you think you understand we're like God? Well, since Genesis chapter 3, it says that um, they went through a test, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. They failed that test. Mm-hmm. And Paul says in Romans 7 that we've been sold to, to the devil. So a lot of commentators have said that we have lost the image of God to some degree, but we're still like our parents, you know, like a child reflects the image of their parents. Um, so now we tend to reflect to some degree, might surprise our audience to know that we more reflect the devil, but God still wants to communicate with us. And so he can't commune with us openly. We can't see God, but he wants to communicate with us to prepare and, and fix that relationship. That's why Jesus came so that he can restore us. Okay. So it's become more an urgent uh, thing that he has to do now. So restoring the image restoring of God in us the is... Image. And that's still possible, mm-hmm. but it's, it's urgent for us to work with his son, Jesus Christ, in restoring that image. Mm. Uh, I was interested in a little quote from the book Education by E.G. White, which says, in the highest sense, the work of education and the work of redemption are one. So this, uh, this and restoring that image of God is part of that, that restoration, isn't it? Part yes. of that education. Yes. Um, do you think that there is still some vestiges of the image of God in us? Or has it been completely marred by the entrance of sin? Well, it's a very essential work You know, in life, we know that parents train their little children. Then they go on to school and the teachers have a part of their training and teachers can guide the children little by little 
they become into the likeness of the divine and uh, we begin to reflect his image. You know, you often read how that they've discovered an old painting and they get the specialists to come in and restore that image. They take off the old dust and some of the grime that's gone there over the centuries mm-hmm. and that becomes a beautiful picture once again. Whereas when you first see it, it's very dull and you wonder whether it's worth anything at all. Mm. God does that with us. Little by little, he brings us back into his image. Um, I'd like to look at another passage in the Old Testament, and this time it's in Isaiah chapter 11, and we're going to look at verses 1 to 3, Isaiah 11, 1 to 3. Uh, This is a, a prophecy written about 700 years before Christ, but it's referring to Christ. Uh, Then shall come forth a rod from the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. The Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, the Spirit of wisdom, notice these words, the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord. And then verse 3 says, His delight is in the fear of the Lord, and he shall not judge by the sight of his eyes, nor decide by the hearing of his ears. Uh, Stephen, this uh, old prophecy about Jesus, uh, how does the idea of Jesus as a teacher come through here? Well, if I'd like to, I'd like to read um, verse 2 again. Notice these uh, words here. The spirit of wisdom and understanding, the spirit of counsel and might, the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. So once, we, once again, we have strong education terms here. Um, so we know that the Lord wants to redeem us. These are very strong counselling words to bring us back into restoration with God. And if we cooperate with him in a life of obedience, this will happen. Mm. We can be fully restored into the image of God. Okay. Um, so how does this, this passage here finish up then, Stephen? What, what promise is there? Redemption will be complete. Okay, I'm I'm thinking, for example, of verse 9. If you could read that for us, please. Isaiah 11, verse 9. Okay, so it's speaking about redeemed to the the kingdom of heaven, isn't it? So it says, They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So redemption is about education, it says here. Yes, the word knowledge comes through quite strongly there, doesn't it? And responding to that knowledge in a positive way. Uh, one of the stories that I, I like in the New Testament, which brings out the idea of Jesus as a teacher, um, is in John chapter 3. It's interesting that you've got a couple of chapters here which uh, deal quite extensively with Jesus talking with individuals, chapter 3 and chapter 4. But, but chapter 3 of John, verses 1 to 3, I'm going to read now. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a ruler of the Jews. So he was an important person, wasn't he? A ruler of the Jews. This man came to Jesus by night and said to him, Rabbi, we know that you are a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. And then Jesus answered and said to him, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. So here's uh, this Nicodemus. Why, uh, why does he call 
even though he's a ruler of the Jews, David, why does he call him rabbi? <laughs> the rabbi means my teacher or my master. And even though Nicodemus was himself a ruler of the Jews, he saw Jesus in something greater. And he, the answer to that comes in, you're a teacher come from God, for no one can do these signs that you do unless God is with him. So Nicodemus was acquainted with what Jesus was doing, the very signs that he was fulfilling, the people that he was healing. Nobody could else do that. So he was his teacher or he was the one who was his master, as it were. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> he must have seen something special in, the Jesus, in Jesus, mustn't he? Well, Jesus yeah. got that from his heavenly father. <laughs> and so he was now passing on. Yes. Mm. It was quite interesting that that uh, Nicodemus was quite high in the church, in the Jewish church. But Jesus said he needed to be born again. Yes. Yes. It was, uh, if, if Jesus is teaching him something, he's, he's teaching a very important lesson here, isn't he? Yes. Absolutely. In verse three. <clears throat> yes. By coming straight to the point, I know what your heart's need is, Nicodemus. You know, and uh, a good teacher will do that. And Jesus is certainly the master teacher. Um, our, our opening text we had today was Paul writing to Timothy. And I'd like to go again uh, to 2 Timothy. We, uh, we looked at verse uh, 16, didn't we, earlier on? Um, so let's have a look at the two verses before it. Um, 2 Timothy chapter 3 and uh, verses 14 and 15. But you must continue in the things which you have learned. So here's the, the older person talking to the younger man That's right. uh, in Timothy. <clears throat> continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, knowing from whom you have learned them. As again, he's is, is talking about education, really, isn't he? And then verse 15, and that from childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. Uh, David, what, what scriptures is Paul talking about here? Yes, well, of course, the New Testament wasn't formed at that time. So the scriptures that he was talking about and the scriptures that Jesus referred to was the Old Testament as we know it today. And I like that text in Luke 24, where Jesus is reminding the uh, uh, disciples of things that had happened. In verse 27, he says, "In beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Now he talks as Moses and the prophets. A little bit later on in chapter 44, the last part, he says, I was still with you that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Mm -hmm. And the Jews understood this as being the Old Testament as we understand it today. They understood them as the, those as the scriptures. And uh, so here we have the scriptures that Paul was talking about was the law of Moses, which the first five books of the, of the Bible. Then we have the Psalms and we have all the prophets. And that comprises the whole of the Old Testament. Mm -hmm. OK, uh, yes, a few years ago, I, I was in uh, uh, in Israel and met with a Samaritan priest and uh, they only accept the Torah um, as scriptures, just the writings of Moses itself. Um, Stephen, what, what uh, was the purpose of the writings of Moses that are referred to here by Jesus? 
What is the purpose of the Torah? The first five books. Mm. It's interesting to note that the whole of the Old Testament is summarized in three things, the, the law, prophets, and the writings. Mm-hmm. Um, that's the heading of the Hebrew Bible. But uh, while Torah means law, first five books, it also means teachings or instructions. And those books we know are full of instructions. Through Moses, God teaches us about creation, um, the fall into sin, uh, the promise of a redeemer, and his working out of that plan. Although it was veiled somewhat in the sanctuary service, but it did teach about a, a Messiah to come. Mm. Yes, the, uh, the writings of, of Moses are foundational to the whole of the plan of redemption, really, aren't they? Because it tells us why we're here, you know, the creation story, and why there is so much evil in the and, world. And it's so sad that uh, some Christians don't place any authority on the Old Testament when there's so much to learn and st- that is still authoritative in the Old Testament. Okay, so the writings of Moses are very important. What about uh, the, the prophets, uh, David? What teaching role do they have uh, to play? Yes, well, while the Torah, the law, showed the relationship of people to God and he to them, the prophets of historical books tell us how well the people did not practice and also how they needed to improve. And the prophets particularly showed them how they should improve. Mm-hmm. Even the songbook of the Bible, the Psalms, that is, contain educational uh, Psalms, like Psalms 1, for instance. And then you're going to come, some, come to Psalms 37. And then if you reverse that to Psalm 73, <laughs> they're all educational Psalms mm. and very important in, as they are in the songbook of the Bible. <clears throat> mm. Um, and Stephen, do we find um, elements of teaching in, in the New Testament? Oh, most definitely. Um, Jesus was the master teacher, so we, we must turn and see how he taught people. If you go to Matthew chapter 13 and verse 34, it says, um, after speaking a parable to them, um, it says, All these things Jesus spoke unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable, he did not speak unto them. And so um, Jesus spoke or taught through short stories or parables, a great teaching method. Um, even though, even non-Christians know a lot of them, you know, the story of the Good Samaritan, the sheep and the goats, um, the wheat and the tares, mm-hmm. and all these are very well-known stories. And so Jesus used things of nature to teach hidden things, spiritual things. And I believe this is a carry-on from the Old Testament. I believe the, um, the sanctuary service was a redemption in parables mm. that many of the Jews failed to see. The danger is that they saw that fulfilling these... Um, the rituals. The rituals yeah. was a way of redemption rather than seeing the teaching elements that were actually in the sanctuary service. Yeah, and, and certainly... Um, with Jesus using illustrations from, for example, nature. You know, yes. when people looked at those kinds of scenes later, they would remember the stories that Jesus told, wouldn't they? Yes. There's, I mean, nature is just a lesson book. We, I mean, Jesus made ants. You see the industriousness of the ants. And, uh, and the wise man Solomon has a, a lesson for lazy people. He says, go to the ant, you sluggard, and watch yes. them and yeah. learn from them. So we can learn so much from animals and nature around us. Yeah. Um, 
I'd like to, to go over to the, old, to the uh, last book of the Bible now, the book of Revelation, because there's an interesting scene in Revelation chapter 5, and I'm going to look at the first five verses here. Uh, and I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne a scroll written inside and on the back, sealed with seven seals. Then I saw a strong angel proclaiming with a loud voice, who is worthy to open the scroll and to loose its seals? And no one in heaven or on the earth or under the earth was able to open the scroll or to look at it. Well, this uh, perplexed uh, John and he says, so I wept much because no one was found worthy to open and read the scroll or to look at it. But one of the elders said to me, do not weep. Behold, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David has prevailed to open the scroll and to loose its seven seals. Uh, David, who's able to unlock uh, these, this sealed scroll that he is, is here? Yes, here we have a very wonderful prophecy, actually, from Revelation. And it actually reminds us of a prophecy in Genesis 49, where Jesus also is predicted way back in the 1500 years before Jesus came. Here is Moses predicting him as being the lion of the tribe of Judah and the great messianic prophecy, a descendant of King David. And this, of course, is brought out here. And Jesus indeed was all of that. And he was the great teacher, there's no question. And when he uses the terms in, the, in Genesis of lion and scepter, he's foretelling the Messiah. And this is one of the 300 prophecies at least about the Messiah in the Old Testament itself. And so Jesus teaches us so much about salvation and the future that we have in the redemption that he's offering to us. One of the, uh, the books of the Bible, I guess, in the Old Testament, which really focuses quite a bit on, on wisdom, which uh, we would hope is something we get from education, particularly with regard to the plan of redemption, uh, is the book of Proverbs. And uh, I'm going to have a look at chapter 16 of Proverbs and verse 23. This simply says, the heart of the wise teaches his mouth, and adds learning to his lips. Uh, Stephen, this, this wisdom that's spoken of here, um, who was who writing about this? Oh, we believe that um, Solomon, wise man Solomon, wrote most of the um, book of Proverbs and certainly the early parts. And I'd like to prove that from 1 Kings chapter 4 and verse 34. It says that all... There came all of the people to hear the wisdom of Solomon from all kings of the earth who had heard of his wisdom. And we know he was wise because he, um, he got this wisdom from God as a present. Hmm. As a matter of fact, he, uh, he didn't ask for riches, did he? No, he, he didn't ask for fame. He asked for wisdom. <clears throat> and God was very pleased with him asking about that. I also have a... 1 Kings 3, 9 to 12. Um, and this mm -hmm. is the test where he asked if where, where Solomon requests, he, he says to God, give therefore my servant, your servant, an understanding heart to judge your people that I may discern between good and bad. For who is able to judge this, your so great a people? 
And the speech pleased the Lord that Solomon had asked this great thing. And God said to him, Because you have asked this thing and have not asked for long life or riches or the life of your enemies, but have asked for yourself um, understanding, discern, judgment, behold, I've done according to your words. So I have given you a wise and an understanding heart. So there was none like you before you, neither shall there be any after you. Hmm. A good thing to ask for, wisdom. Wonderful. Uh, uh, So we can ask the same thing of God, can we? Sure. So there's instruction and many hard things to understand in the Bible. But if we ask of God, who is the author of the word, he will help us understand it as well through Hmm. his spirit. Now, gentlemen, I'd like to put a question to perhaps both of you might like to consider. How how do we generally gain wisdom? Well, first of all, we gained it from our parents. Then we gained it from our school teaching, from our teachers. But, you know, frankly, I think that we can gain even more by reading the scriptures, learning the scriptures. Mm. Yeah, Stephen? As a secondary revelation, I believe that God speaks through nature. And, and as I already mentioned before in, in chapter 6, um, On Proverbs, you mean? Proverbs chapter okay. 6, mm-hmm. it's where it says, God, um, God says, go to the ant, you sluggard. Verses 6, 6 to 8. Go to the ant, you sluggard. Consider her ways and be wise, which having no guide, overseer or ruler, provides her meat in the summer and gathers her food in the harvest. Mm. So here we have a, um, a call to be industrious in our life. Mm. In the, in the New Testament, um, we have very much a focus of Jesus about what would happen after he went back to heaven. His care for his disciples. And uh, he was offering the, uh, the gift of the Holy Spirit. I'd like to have a look here at John 14 and uh, verses 16 and 17. Well, matter of fact, I see our time is running away from us. But let me just uh, remind you and our, our viewers that the Holy Spirit had the advantage over Jesus in that he was able to be everywhere present. Uh, and the gift of the Holy Spirit was very important for the education of the early Christian church uh, in matters of redemption. And uh, Paul gives us some simple truth about that in, uh, in second, First Corinthians chapter 2 and uh, verses, uh, verse 2, 6 and 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, and uh, I'll just read verse 2 there. I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Here we have the gospel simply put, don't we? Yes, absolutely. To know Jesus and him crucified. Uh, Well, you know, we've only just touched on the relationship today between education and redemption. And just as Jesus increased in wisdom during his formative years, so we can continue to grow into a deeper relationship and understanding of God's will for our lives. We began with a quote from C.S. Lewis. Let me close with another. If all the world were Christian, it might not matter if all the world were educated. Good philosophy must exist if for no other reason because bad philosophy needs to be answered. Mm. Well, we're glad you joined us today on Let God Speak Remember, all past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. 
Email us if you wish on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. Join us again next time. Until then, may God bless you all. You have been listening to Let God Speak, a production of 3ABN Australia Television. To catch up on past programs, please visit 3abnaustralia.org.au. Call us in Australia on 02 4973 3456 or email radio at 3abnaustralia.org.au. We'd love to hear from you.